0: you're back you made it back I made it back I made it back from the most expensive city I've been in (laughs) oh my god yeah you were in Zurich I know but thank god it was like a free little trip to Zurich because the airline has to pay for it and I really hope they do because yesterday when we got back I had to fill up the compensation form and I had to we had to keep every single receipt from every meal not the hotel and taxi and train and everything Um, and I had to calculate it all together it's a really big sum so I really hope they pay it back
1: how is it how how can it be a big sum for like two days I mean I
0: don't know well it was three nights um Mm, yeah So what happened was we were on our way back on Monday from Austria. We were doing some remote working, my boyfriend and I. um, And my dad was there as well. He was flying back with us as well. We were on the same plane. Well, we were meant to be in the same plane. And then we arrived at the airport and about two hours before we should have left, our flight got canceled. And then we found out every flight to the UK has been canceled. And then we found out there has been an air traffic control issue. Uh, in the whole of the UK, so like Scotland, everything. Um, and not just from Switzerland, but like everywhere. Like no one was able to fly to the UK except for the people who were already in the air and meant to land. Because they did some manual stuff, I think, to make them land. But yeah, everything else was cancelled. So it was pure chaos. They then told us, we can't do anything. Take a hotel, keep all the receipts. Um, you will get a message from us at night at some point or early in the morning of your next flight scheduled flight and then before i went to bed they did tell us um that they fixed the issue but they never got an email so we called at like 7 a.m because i didn't sleep well and then they were like well you can have a flight on the 31st of august so it was like cool we got my dad on a flight earlier because there was one seat um, but we didn't fit, <laughs> so yeah. And then Zurich is really expensive. Like our hotel for three nights, they only they allow you to stay in a three star hotel, nothing above it. Um, and our hotel for three nights was about a thousand twenty four francs, Swiss francs, because that's Zurich.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> how much would that be in pounds? I don't know <laughs> <About> the <laughs> franc is really high because usually one franc. I don't know is franc the English word for it? Fr- 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 well, it is now. Um, one franc. I don't know didn't even. Should... I didn't even know they had a different currency. <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> well, did they in? They not German, just stay with host? In German we say Franken. They're not part of the EU, Switzerland. Um, and oh, I, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, of course you did. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was anyway. testing you. <laughs> the franc was usually really high Uh, really well it was not really high it was usually lower than the euro but now it's higher so I don't know it's about the same in pounds probably so yeah a £1,000 and that was just the hotel I paid like 12 francs for a carrot juice so everything is very expensive yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) anyway That was a lesson about, I don't know, economy. <laughs> I I don't think I know anyone who has
1: worse luck when it comes to booking flights. and I know. Places.
0: The last year, there's been so much shit going on. Travelling has become a pain. I am traumatised. I will never go on holiday without my work laptop, ever, because I'm going to Italy in a week, well, on the 10th of September. And I've heard that there is a volcano somewhere in Italy that is having more action than usual it's like one of the bigger ones and it could erupt but like it's not really a thing it's not actually meant to happen but people are like talking about it I bet you it will happen and I will not be able to come back because of a stupid volcano eruption yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised honestly although, i'm also going on holiday in a couple of days oh yeah i can't wait You're i'm going, going to greece Th- yes i'm going to athens i've never been i'm so excited it's yeah it's gonna be great um but very hot probably too hot for me although the weather in the uk looks very hot as well in fact next week it actually looks the temperatures in the in the uk are currently higher i think than in athens well like the pr- predictions for next week because there's like two days of rain
0: now in my athens weather predictions so yeah so how hot is it meant to be in the uk then
1: um well so in athens it was usually around 32 but now there's a couple of days where it's 26 and raining and then in the uk it will be more like 28 and sunny
0: so so you're going on holiday and it's raining again so
1: yeah i (laughs) honestly this summer i went to saint ives it rained every single day i went to berlin it basically rained every single day (laughs) And I'm going to fucking Greece and it looks like it will be raining over there as well.
0: Well, I hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> I don't know. You would expect from Greece it's going to be nice. I mean, it's better to rain than to have the wildfires, I guess. But yeah, that's true. But yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll keep everyone posted. It will be it will be a nice trip anyway.
0: We do talk a lot about the weather on this podcast.
1: <laughs> My god, we do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we've lived, we've lived <laughs> in the UK for too long at this point. <laughs> um let's
1: maybe just let's just move on let's get into it
0: let's get into it okay so welcome everyone welcome to millennial musings i am isabella and i'm gladys and we are two
1: opinionated millennials who have made dumb mistakes what we want to do here is share our experiences and offer the advice that we wish we had received
0: Yes. And just a disclaimer, we are not therapists or life coaches, and we have no actual criteria to be giving any advice whatsoever. But what we could be is your new bestie or your big sister. So just sit back, grab any drink (laughs) and get ready for some millennial musings.
1: So as always, we focus on different themes and we try to answer three to four questions within these themes. And this episode is actually a little bit of a bonus episode because we did our three corporate episodes. And then we realized, actually, maybe it would be good to do a fourth one where we actually discuss um, being on the job market, applying for jobs, and also maybe giving some advice that could help you guys. Um, Of course, we're not, we don't have any experience as... I don't know, recruiters, we've never been hiring managers or anything, but we have we have done a lot of applying for jobs um, in our home countries, abroad, and we have some experience with interviews as well. So um, yeah, we just thought that it, it would be nice to share what we have learned and what we would do differently.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I guess it would be nice to start with just talking about the general experiences we had in the job market. Um, would you like to start with this? Would you like to tell us just a bit anything that really happened when you were applying for jobs? How it was the experiences you you've collected over the years.
1: Yes. Um, so I would say my experience on the job market has been a mixed bag. <laughs> um, I. So I'm, I'm from Belgium and so I, when I was still living in Belgium, I would, of course, apply for student jobs, internships, that kind of thing. Then when I lived in Berlin, I also had to find an internship there. And then um, eventually when I decided that I wanted to move to the UK, that was probably my longest and most intense experience um, job hunting because then I started looking for jobs abroad, like permanent full-time jobs abroad. Um, And yeah, it was definitely a wild ride. (laughs) Um, Because I think when I was still living in Belgium and also, uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I did a business degree where honestly, um, things like this, I, I cannot express how much, my studies fo- focused on applying for jobs. I had to do job interviews in four different languages. Um, I had to write CVs and cover letters in four different languages. I had to do presentations twice a week and whatever. So I I would say I was probably as equipped as you can possibly be going into that experience. And it still really just, it still was intense. Um, in Belgium especially applying for you know student jobs and everything that was that was fine that was usually okay um but then yeah i think well I, i'll probably i'll just focus for now on um when i decided okay i'm done with university now i want to move to london and i need to find a job there i need to find a job abroad of course london very expensive city i knew i wanted to live by myself as well so i had a minimum salary um that I needed to earn to just to survive and um I this well finding a job eventually the job I ended up getting was the show job and um I must have applied for hundreds and hundreds of jobs and it probably took me I think it took me about six months to get the show job <laughs> um and it was it was an incredibly frustrating experience, honestly. I applied for I applied for jobs where I knew that I matched every single point on the job description. I applied for jobs where I felt like I was overqualified and I just wouldn't hear back. And I think that is probably many people's experience, especially if you're applying for jobs in a big city or something where there's more, more people looking for jobs than there are jobs especially of course in certain industries I think um, yeah that's that's probably a relatable experience for many Um, and yeah so that's also why I kind of wanted to share the things that I have learned um, along the way but first yeah how about you?
0: Yes um, so like you in Vienna and I did apply for like student jobs which was fine I think they mainly come Depending on what job you're going for, just check, are you an idiot or not? (laughs) Um, But I didn't actually learn anywhere specifically how to write a CV. I just always talk to people who are like my brother or my family, like any family member, just to look over my CV, see if it makes sense. Um, But then... I think my proper application process started when I was looking for internships a lot during my studies, because they were basically proper jobs, just underpaid and, (laughs) well, still as stressful though. Um, But then, yeah, like you, once I was in the UK and I wanted like my first real job after uni, I... um, I was looking for quite a while. And so when I moved to the UK, I'm originally from Austria, um, I studied for a year, I did my master's degree. And then when the degree came to an end, I started applying and I never heard back from anyone. <clears throat> so my in my head, and I think that might be a good tip for when you want a job in a country you haven't worked or lived in for a while because I feel I felt like maybe they're not replying to me because they've never they can't see that I actually ever worked in this country that I have any what's the word credentials here um so I then started applying for volunteering roles which actually worked I applied for like a film volunteering role at the BFI and it was just for like two or three weeks but it gave me feeling like okay and i can put something in my cv that's related to this country but then i still heard nothing back (laughs) uh, when i applied for several different roles and then i talked to my boyfriend we've been together about a year at that point um and he just looked at my cv and was like this is okay but you're really not selling the best version of yourself so he helped me work over the cv um helped me with the cover letters and i'm not kidding the first three things I sent out, I heard back from <laughs> one being the shit show. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was also just to... CVs in Austria are probably different than um, in the UK. Well, you probably should sell yourself as well as possible in any any CV. But one thing I learned is it's not very likely to have an image, for example, on your CV in the UK, but you kind of need to have it in Austria. Um so i changed that as well. But I don't know. I don't know if it actually has that big of an impact because when you have a CV, you have LinkedIn on it and then everyone can see a picture as well. So I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um, Yeah, maybe it's also good to say that, so your boyfriend is actually someone who has hired people and everything. So yes. he does have that
0: specific experience. Yes, he has done interviews. He decided who to hire and he looks at a lot of CVs now, even more than back then. Um so we actually yeah. the advice we will give later on is combined with like things he suggested as well.
1: So shout out. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So we're not just telling you some random stuff. We yes. actually did work with an expert on this. One. <laughs> we fact checked. <laughs> also, I told a lie earlier when I said uh, when I applied for jobs in Belgium, it was usually fine. Actually, no, there was one there is one store. And this actually turned into a bit of a running gag with me and my friends because there's a store called Kletvat, um, which is literally boots, not even boots, not even, I think, I would say <laughs> it's a tackier, cheaper version of boots that doesn't have the pharmacy department or anything. Um, anyway. I applied there and I didn't even get an interview or anything. I didn't even get a phone call. And I think about five of my friends did the same thing and none of us ever got a call. And so it kind of turned into this thing where we were all like, okay, why can we not even get an interview there? Um, Yeah, that was... um,
0: So, yeah, actually, no, I wasn't always... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, I have in Vienna. I was I had some interviews where I actually, because I lied as well. I th- before we even started recording, it was like I actually didn't get denied from a lot of jobs. Well, in Vienna, I did by two. But the thing was, one of them was like, we really want to hire you. Do you have a driving license? And I was like, nope. So I didn't get it. And then the other one was at a radio station as an intern. And they also said, we really like you, but you will have to talk or like, not talk, but write quick summaries of what the um, traffic looks like in certain areas of Vienna. And they asked me a few questions about the road. So I was like, I don't drive. I don't know. So yeah, the driving license cost me two jobs as well in Vienna. Oh, well the
1: fact that I was foreign and wasn't living in the UK co- cost me a couple of jobs. Not as much as I would have imagined because this was right when um v- Brexit had been voted for. Um but it wasn't actually it hadn't really been like implemented or anything that happened a couple of months after I moved. So I moved at the right time, but there were a handful of companies who were like, yeah, you don't live here yet and we don't really know what the situation is going to be like so no because we don't want to end up having to sponsor you of something which I guess fair enough fair enough um but yeah so also um of course (laughs) I didn't mean to offend anyone who works at the store that I mentioned (laughs) it was just funny that me and a handful of friends who all have we, we had experience in retail and everything, and just the fact that none of us got as much of the phone call was just very, very funny to me. Anyway, maybe we should start with some practical tips about specifically about um, a CV and a cover
0: letter then. So do you want to start? Yes, I can. I can start with the CV, um, the tips I have for the CV. Okay, so... Um, I think the first thing is maybe, well, it always depends what roles you're going for, right? But I think don't just make your CV a white page with some text. I think there are so many options to make your CV stand out a bit more with some nice and subtle designs or with some quite colorful and quirky designs, depending on which industry you are in and what role you're going for. Um... If you're going for something creative like writer or filmmaker or content creator, I would also then add a link to your portfolio um, or link your website or anything that you have previously created or worked on. Um, Or just create a Google Drive folder where you can upload stuff. And honestly, everything you worked on counts. You just assisted by bringing people water? Fine. You still worked on that set, for example, and you still seen things and heard things and experienced things so mention it um And that brings me to just be your biggest champion. Don't talk yourself down. Don't let the imposter syndrome take over and be proud and clear about all the tasks you had in your previous roles. Um, And then also instead of, and I think this is one of the most important tips that I've learned as well, is instead of just listing all the tasks you were responsible for, combine the tasks with the impact you had for the company, for example, that you were working for. And also, if you have, make sure you can use some numbers or some data that you have available to support the proof of the impact that you had. So, for example, let's say you are a copywriter and you're responsible for writing B2B newsletters and those newsletters are there to inform customers about their new products. So, list that. Write down responsible for writing B2B newsletters, inform customers about new products. That's the task. And then name the impact and then you can say for example it improved the click-through rates through the newsletter by 15% and then the product information requests um, improved by 8%. Um, I should think yeah add something to the tasks don't just say I wrote newsletters if that makes sense um, and then do I have something else no I think those are my tips I hope they make sense they do yeah Ooh, absolutely sorry. i forgot one yeah <laughs> um that sounds a bit well it makes things seem more work than it should be but well it is a lot of work but it's worth it so what i mean with it is if you when you write your cv try to adapt it to the specific job description that you are going for um so for example, you should choose the same wording as they do when they talk about specific expectations. Let's say they say they want someone who has experience with commercial copywriting for big corporate clients. And you have done that, but your CV might say writing newsletters for B writing B2B newsletters, change it to exactly their wording cuz some companies use a filter and like an AI automatic filtration system so they just use that to find out who has similar things in their CV as we have in our job description that
1: is well that last one is a very good tip that I'm 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 gonna be honest I haven't really done that very often <laughs> because <laughs> I just I've I've just usually been too lazy but it actually is a really good tip because and yes like you said as well um you can literally just create you can have a template in canva or something and then just make copies and just change the wording every time and then just download that new version or something that's definitely how i would do it now if i would start applying for jobs again um yes so that's definitely that's definitely a good one um, also one thing that is very easy to do and it is actually quite, I mean, for me, because that was always the first thing that I learned, <laughs> but, uh, I, I realized that many, many people don't do this. I've seen so many CVs that don't do this. When you mention your work experience, as well as your education, start with the most recent experience do not start with your secondary school or whatever nobody cares about that if you've also been to college or to university or nobody cares about your um because the thing is realistically the companies or recruiters or whatever get you know 20 50 100 sometimes hundreds of cds so yeah they it might be that they use this that they use some kind of scanning system and they scan for specific things it also might be that they just scan through and i think there's there is there is i I don't know the exact number but it's something like 1.5 seconds or something that they look at your cv so you need to make sure that your cv stands out and so they want to see the most relevant and the most recent thing that you did so don't start with like a student job or something that you so put it in anti-chronological order (laughs) is that the word I don't know it is now um so yeah then also yeah be a little bit bold of course it depends um on the industry definitely but that's something that has really helped me many times I have quite quite a bold very colorful cv and that's also because um I do usually work as a content writer or something so then of course that job allows for a creative cv um But yes, your CV, again, needs to stand out from the rest. So um, what else do I have? Oh, of course, this should kind of be an obvious one. But still, make sure that there are absolutely no mistakes or inconsistencies in your CV. If your hiring manager or recruiter or whatever is anything like me, if there is i don't know a full stop after one bullet point and then there is one missing in like a, in in a series of bullet points or something that's a no for me because and i know that sounds very brutal but this is literally the one thing that you like the main thing that people will look at and this needs to reflect who you are so you can't say that you're very detail oriented or something and then have a typo in your CV or in your cover letter or capitalize words in one bullet point and then not do it in the next. Things like this, those are things that, for me, I I notice those immediately, and it makes you a lot less, um, what's the word? Attractive. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It immediately just makes makes me feel like, okay, yeah. Um, So... Yes, and then also exactly to to what to your point about prove what you say. So don't just say things like "Oh, I'm a motivated person. I'm a fast learner. Whatever." Everyone's literally everyone says that. <laughs> you need to prove that you actually are, and what you have done, and how you have moved the needle um, in previous experiences. So yeah, I think
0: that's my. Tips for CVs and cover letters? I just were thinking of something as well, because I'm very proud of every job that I've done, okay? So I like to list things, but then at some point it just becomes too long and you don't want to have a CV that is four pages long because that's just too long. So really pick out the, one, the roles, the most recent roles, like Gladys said, and also the ones that make the most sense. Maybe you have different industries that you've worked in. Pick out the ones that really work for um, the role you're going for and then maybe there's a gap, a, like a time gap between. They will ask it in the interview if they're interested and then you can say, yeah, And during the time you work this, this and this. But just make sure you pick the right roles and maybe not roles that are too far back <laughs> as well. Yeah.
1: Um, what I also do, for example, I have a little bio on my CV as well. So at the top it will say something like, "Hey." This is, and then in a couple of sentences, I kind of summarize who I am as a person. And if you apply for different industries, because, you know, realistically, um, you know, I would maybe like to ideally work in a specific industry, but then in the meantime, you also might have to apply for other jobs or whatever. So then I would, those are the kinds of things that I would tailor, um, to that industry or i would maybe have different versions of a cv so maybe one for yes content writing maybe one for as as an assistant or as a receptionist or things like that um that's that is what i've done actually i did all i did always have different versions depending on especially for the uk one because i just wanted to i just wanted to move to the uk so badly <laughs> so um, of course ideally i did want to work as a content writer but then i was also like okay i will also work as a management assistant or i will also i can also do some other some other things so then i did have different um yeah
0: different CDs. yeah that's really good Um, And then I guess the next point would be the cover letters, which I do have to be honest, I didn't really prepare any notes on that, Uh, mainly because I'm lazy and I don't like to write cover letters. (laughs) I
1: know, and there is nothing worse then the oh my god the and there's so many memes of this as well just you need to upload your cv and then there's like six pages where you literally need to just enter every single thing manually like every educational experience every job experience and it's just like honestly what why do you why do you need my cv
0: i don't do that i don't do that anymore i really i really don't do that anymore when i have to upload my cv and they want like all these experiences the only thing i add is my university my latest degree and my latest role because they can read my cv which i don't think is good advice if you really want a job that's just when i did the panic applying every now and again (laughs)
1: Um, I know same and I also just realized something that they do in the UK and I've never seen this in Belgium is the questions they ask you about your personal life to the extent where sometimes I was like is this illegal (laughs) so they ask you about like your your uh you know if you're single or divorced or whatever and yeah maybe maybe yes maybe in belgium people they would do that as well then your sexual uh preference then your uh gender identity that one okay i understand because of course also depending on like that people need to know how to address you or whatever so
0: that one i get but then also religion um what else have I seen oh they ask you about your race they ask you, and then there's a massive list like there's they literally have mixes in there they're like well I always choose black and white mix (laughs) but it's like it's weird why do you need to like why I mean they most companies say they do this to um first of all improve the diversity but then also to get what if they hire you you will get go into that data as like that category of person so they can (laughs) have data on how diverse the companies but also it's weird let me be
1: (laughs) i know i'm i'm usually um other white because usually (laughs) white british and then other white or white european or something um but yeah, I know, and I even saw a couple where you need to choose like your title. So for me, it would be Miss, and then but then it also had like Lords and things like that as options. I don't know the UK like they they they're intense about this. Oh yeah they take the titles very seriously. Um well yes, about the cover letter, I wouldn't yeah, I, again, I had a couple of different versions depending on the industry that I wanted to apply for. But then of course some some um applications will ask you to just write a very specific one where you just some something like, you know, give this many reasons on why you like our company or why you would want to work for our company. And honestly, if an application is too much work, it is so off-putting to me. It's so off-putting because it's like, if you're applying, applying already, applying for a job for most people is a full-time job. It definitely was for me and it's so incredibly draining. So then if employers just demand all of these things, or also I've had it where I applied for jobs and then, you know, usually there would be like an internal and f- um, an an, um, an initial an initial phone call, you know, with like with a recruiter usually. Um, but I've also had it where I would just not get a phone call or anything and just immediately get an email that was like, OK, here's your assessment. Do this. And this would be for the first round. I get it if you're in the last three like you're in the last round and it's you and one or two other people then okay if they want you to do an assessment I can kind of get that I had to do that for my current job as well but just to even get long listed um
0: yeah yeah no (laughs) yeah I mean I will I, I would do it for a job I really 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 want but that has to be that's yeah I have different phases of applying I have the serious applying when I'm actually like okay I need a new job and I want a good job, but I'm in a position where I can choose where I want to work. Or I have the, oh, my God, oh, my God, I might lose my job. I need to panic apply on everything that I can find where I literally don't even read the whole job description. Um, to just, just press the easy apply button on LinkedIn, which also you are very much more likely to hear back if you actually go through a proper application process and not just the easy apply button on LinkedIn. From my personal experience. Oh, I think I must have, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, I must have
1: applied for thousands of jobs via Easy, easy Click or something, yeah. um, or like the one-click thing on Read or Indeed. I heard back maybe once or twice. It is, it's really not worth it. <laughs> I don't even know why they have this as an option because, yeah, no, it's not worth it. But I'm exactly the same. And when I decided to move to the UK, I applied for jobs that I just... I didn't really want, but then I just really wanted to move to the UK or then I would hear back from, then I would hear back and then I would actually look at the job description and realize, oh, I actually don't really want this job. And yeah, same thing when, I think the panic applying, we felt like this every couple of weeks when we were working for the shit show. So then same, same thing, because then maybe a couple of weeks later they would call me and I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I don't really... I don't really want
0: these. <laughs> I know. I couldn't even remember anymore who they were because I applied for so many roles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I guess I have for the cover letter, like you said, I have several ones um, if I'm actually, actively, seriously applying. <laughs> and then what I usually do is I like to give a reason for why I want to work at the company, just short and sweet. Maybe they have a mission that they're really proud of. And then I just quickly say something about the mission. And then I like to read through what they want, like when they list the experiences they're looking for or the responsibilities you will have in the role. I'll pick a few. Well, I pick a few if they're like a lot listed. I pick a few that I think are the main things they fo- the role focuses on. And then write reasons not reasons i write examples of how i've already done that in my previous roles yeah and that's the main thing that i do in a cover letter i'll just pick responsibilities they want experiences they want and then i name things i've done previously and how i did it a bit like we said in the cover letter also uh, a bit like we said it about the cv like don't just list the tasks Add what exactly you did maybe be more detailed than in the tv and say the impact it had
1: yes yeah exactly um just to yeah as much as possible try to tailor your cover letter as well um and then also if if you do have a template where you just write a couple of things and then you what I would do for example I would have a couple of fields where I would enter like the job um then i would fill out the, the job title and the company um and there have been instances where i missed one and i actually sent a cover letter that still had a previous company in it so that is that's that's something you really want to avoid. Oh yeah I've been there I've been there too <laughs>
0: yeah and yeah okay I think- my last thing to the cover letter is, I mean, you just mentioned it, but if anything, I feel like the cover letter probably needs to be more tailored to the role than the CV even, because that's really, if they want a cover letter, they obviously expect you to sell yourself to them in a way. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: Okay. um, Then maybe let's go to the next stage so you have your cv and cover letter ready and then it's time to start applying and like i already said applying for many people unless you're someone who is just exceptionally lucky but for many people applying is a full-time job um but also what i would also say is and i think this is maybe well i've read many i've read many articles and also just anecdotal um things stories of um the difference here between men and women sometimes apply even if you think that you don't match every single requirement on the job description because i think that's a thing that many of us do i think is look at it and be like oh but i don't have 8 years of experience here i only have four years of experience no just apply honestly apply of course of course not if it says okay the main thing is you should you if portuguese is your first language and you don't speak a single word of portuguese then maybe don't but (laughs) but um yeah if um if you're like oh i don't i don't i don't know if i 100 percent have all of this i think people, it, recruiters and companies know that they will always, that, that there's probably not going to be a candidate that has every single or that matches every single point. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that too much.
0: Yeah, especially the thing that you just said with we want someone with five years experience in this and this. Um, I was very much the person that was like, but I don't have any experience in this or like I have only have a year of experience in working in this. And my boyfriend was literally like, so what? doesn't matter. You still have the skills. Just apply. And I mean, he's right. <laughs> just go for it. Um, that is such a thing though. Like my grandfather was the
1: same. My grandfather, literally, when I, I think I worked at the, after I'd worked at the Chicho for like a year or something, my grandfather was like, yeah, but then you count, you know, um, all of these jobs that you did and then you count all of your, experience. you basically have 10 years of work experience and I was like, I don't know I think that might be a little bit a bit a bit too extreme yeah <laughs> might be a bit of a stretch but that's literally again I think that's just how white men also <laughs> how they think
0: yeah but, <laughs> but also of course
1: not not every not all of them but like I think in general that is that is a difference I'm sorry I think it is also just based on you know the people I know and everything because then when it when you do end up getting an interview just also when it comes to you know asking about salaries and everything there is just a difference there and there's research and statistics that also back that up so
0: um yeah yeah um what I wanted to say also is when chops ask specifically for like certain years of experience sometimes they're just bullshitting i'm not because i was for a while looking for like more social content social media content creator roles while i was in my previous role um or like for my previous role and there were chop descriptions that literally said we want someone with six years of tiktok experience and it's not been around that long so maybe think before you write a job description as well <laughs> Anyway, I
1: I know. Oh my God. That also, that reminds me as well. Um, Also, because I say the thing about um, making sure that there's no mistakes in your application and everything, but the amount of mistakes and typos and grammatical errors that I have seen in job descriptions. And that's even more funny because then they are the ones who are like, we need someone who's detail oriented. You need to be um, very you know, very detail-oriented. You need to be very serious about grammar
0: and spelling and everything. And then they have, like, five different mistakes in their job description. Yeah, I think that's actually a red flag for me. I, do, I don't I do like applying for jobs that look a bit shady, which means when they have a lot of errors written in their description or when it just doesn't make sense, like, with the six years of TikTok experience, I don't even want to go for it because I'm like, no, 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 there's a red flag Blowing in the wind. Um, I know. But there's there there's so many of those. So many
1: of the like, oh, this is an entry 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 level position. Um, but we want you to be trilingual (laughs) and have eight years of work experience. But also you don't need to you can't be older than twenty five or something. Oh yeah, and (laughs) you're only gonna
0: earn (laughs) twenty (laughs) K.
1: Yes oh it's the absolute audacity and also they know that there will probably all there will always be one person who will take that job
0: because they just need a job
1: yeah no
0: well should we move on to the interview advice
1: yes i also just wanted to say um on that really quickly (laughs) that um because i know it's difficult because if you do need a job of course sometimes you just you just need a job and you just need a job even if it's not really what you want to do or it's not really the salary that you want but sometimes you just need to kind of fill that gap um while you look for something better maybe but also when i decided so when i decided i was mo- i wanted to move to the uk i was doing temp jobs in belgium and it took me a couple of months and after a while my family kind of started being like you know maybe you should actually find like a permanent job in Belgium because I don't like it's maybe not happening yet um and I didn't want I didn't really want to (laughs) because I didn't want to feel trapped there or something um oh and actually that's an interesting story as well so I my last temp job that I did was at as a receptionist in Antwerp and then they so I was doing a I was covering covering for someone who um was like uh had 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 an operation or something and they so I had weekly contracts and they honestly expected me to just stay there for as long as they needed me so they would say things like um when did I move again yeah I moved in like September or something and they and they would say things like um like oh yeah we know that you're you know that you want to move to to london but like even if you find the job there this would be in like this would be like after, I don't know what her name was, Danielle <laughs> comes back, right? And I was honestly like, also, I had just had an experience where I also had weekly contract and they had told me, oh, you can stay until after New Year. So for another three more months or something. And then one day on a Friday, I went into work and they were like, oh, by the way, this is your last day because yeah, that's just how it is. We changed our minds. So that was the the experience I had before that one. So then I went to that job. And they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, um, you know, of course. Like if if you if you're moving to London and everything, like of course you're staying for as long as we need you." And I was like, "Do you honestly think that if <laughs> if I get a job in London tomorrow, I wouldn't just quit the next day because like that?" And that's the thing when when they work with temp contracts and with weekly contracts, of course companies do that because then that is good for them because they can literally just fire you or end the contract whenever they want but then you're you have every right to do the same thing as well so then I um I don't know I'm telling this story
0: <laughs> but then i
1: actually ended up um i ended up doing that so i got the show job i almost said the name and then um i actually did message them and i was like hey i won't be uh, coming next week because you know i found something else and that woman was it's <laughs> like i got a series of messages that was like well actually i should say um i say i sent that message i asked my best friend to send that message because." <laughs> I was scared to send it so she sent that message Um, and I got a series of messages from that woman where she was like I don't know what I ever did to you and I don't understand how you can do this to me and I don't this and this and this and I was like sis what do you expect like you hire someone on weekly contracts it's a two-way street you know you can end the contract they can end the contract yeah so um yeah Anyway, but so then um, I was applying for all these jobs in the UK and then eventually I was working with some kind of like recruitment agency or something where they would actually find the jobs. But I don't really have the best experiences with them because I would give my criteria and everything and then they would constantly call me about jobs that were like less than half of my minimum salary that I had told them and then the guy would be like, oh, but you know, then you're already in the UK and then you can look for something else. And I was like, mate, I'm not moving to one of the most expensive cities in the world by myself for a salary that's less than what I could make here or what my temp job is currently making. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those recruitment companies. Even though right before I got the job at Chicho, I... Got a job offer where I was they offered me like 35k. I don't know what the role was, it just gave me the salary. So that actually sounded quite good, but the other one was better. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go into the interview advice now. If okay. that's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so the first thing I have on my list is before so okay. Number one is once you made it to the interview, you can be already really Happy because now you might be one of I don't know 10 people. Whereas when you sent out your CV and your cover letter, you probably were one of a few hundred, depending where you're applying for. So you already did the hardest step. You got the attention and you're at the interview stage. So now don't just take it as a I'll see where this goes. No, if you actually want the job and want that specific job. Then work on the interview. This is your time to shine. This is where you can really, really sell yourself. So my number one tip would be do your research. Uh, and when I mean when what I mean with that is like research what questions the interviewer could ask depending on what role you're going for. Um, for example, you can create a Glassdoor account. Uh, many companies have reviews on how the interview process was. Um, and People who went through that interview process might have written down the questions they have been asked for that specific role. If they don't have anything on Glassdoor and it's like a general role, let's say it's a client success manager, go on YouTube and find what people usually ask Client success managers, or don't even go on YouTube, just Google it. There's always something. Find a client success manager newsletter. Like, depending on what role you go for, there's always information out there. There's a lot of information out there. So then once you have selected the questions that come up on several websites and videos and whatever, or on Glassdoor, um, pick them and answer them and prepare for them. Um, and I actually also wanted to mention as a little tip, especially when you want to work for a tech company, there's this app called Blind. Um, so people who work for a specific company or worked for the company, they can share on that app how the interview process was, but also just general reviews about the company they work for. So you can actually do your own little research in, do I really want to be part of the culture and of their company?
1: Um, oh my god! I was at yours when your boyfriend, I think. Yes, he suggested that to you. And yeah. Th- yeah, and then he did it for he looked at the um,
0: the shit show reviews. Oh god, yeah, they were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have, we should have checked this before. <laughs> but I think he did it when we were already working there, right? Yeah, when we were when we already knew. Yeah, yeah, when we already knew it was a shit show. Um, yeah. Um, And then I have another tip, which is the one that I never thought about until I met my boyfriend. So this is all him. Um, He gave me this information. Well, he didn't create the method that I'm going to talk about, but he taught me about it. Um, And I do really think it works, because whenever I had an interview where I used this, I got a job. Um, Anyway, so... When preparing for how you're going to answer interview questions, it's important to follow the STAR method. So STAR means situation, task, action, and results. Uh, and if you then want to go above and beyond <laughs> and stand out, you can also add what you learned from the situation at the end. Um, and this method is really good for the questions when they are, that are like, tell us about a time where you had to blah, blah, blah. So I've written down a really basic, simple example to just explain how that STAR method can work. So for example, the question is, tell us about a time where you had to handle an upset customer. Um, so when answering this question, again, look at the skills that are required in the job descriptions to write that answer pull some of the things that they expect from the person applying for the job into that answer. But if you would want to answer this question, you would start like this. So a time where I have handled an upset customer was, um. so now you go into the situation, the customer was upset because they bought something in my shop that wasn't working when they got home. The task you then did was you had to deal with the customer, you had to Um, well, calm them down, but also come up with a solution um, and preferably come up with a solution that makes a customer not reject you as a shop and probably come back, um, even though they had a bad experience. So the action would have been you exchange the product with a non-faulty one and then you might give them a 20% discount for the next shop um, if they come back to your yeah to your shop (laughs) Um, and then the result is customers happy with the new product will most likely come back because of the 20% um, on the next item item and then if you learn something you can say you learned that you need to make sure to test the product need to make sure to test the product or yeah check the product before sending the customer home with it now this is just a really simple basic example but yeah I think it explains the star method quite nicely
1: Yes, I love that. I love that example. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah. sometimes also you will get the specific question, tell us about a project that you handled the wrong way or something that yeah. went wrong. And then, of course, you have to make sure that you also definitely explain what you learned from this or what you would do differently. So then, again, the STAR met- method is very good.
0: Yeah. And then I have one more, which would just be, um, come prepared to ask the interviewer questions um, at the end, because they will always ask you, are there any questions that you have now for us? And I think this is also a time where you can show the knowledge you have about the role. So don't just ask, how much is the money? And... I don't know how often have I, do I have to come into the office in a week if it's like a remote job. Um, of course, this is important, but I would keep that for the next stage. Um, when What I mean with ask them questions is like, ask them questions that are almost role-specific, that show that you have some kind of industry knowledge or knowledge about the role you're applying for.
1: Um, about the questions, I would say, also, I want to say this is, essential it is so important to ask questions don't ever in an interview be like oh no you've explained everything really well I don't have questions that that's that's not good (laughs) don't do that um I'm not saying that it's an immediate no if you do that but it's just not good because it just shows that you you always have questions it's impossible to not have anything that you want to know so yes um The things that I always ask are, for example, what are the challenges for someone in this role? Or how do you see this role? Do you see this role changing in the next six months or something? That's, well, I should have asked this when I started it, but they probably would have lied. (laughs) At our show company. Um, Then also a good one is why is this role available? I think that says a lot as well. Um, Then you can ask the kind of basic like how, what do you like best about working here but i also something that i asked in my so my my current something that i asked um in my most recent interview which was the one i currently bought the job i'm currently doing um i asked them because Again, I had just left the shit show experience. And so I knew that one of the most important things for me was I need to know if this company respects people. So I asked, and I think I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but I asked them, I want all of you, it was three women on that call. And I said, I want each of you to give me an example of when you had to stand your ground and maybe disagreed with someone higher up or something. Um, and you felt you felt heard and respected by the company and maybe they didn't agree and maybe you didn't get your way but you at least felt like you had a say and that they respected what you had to say and then um also my favorite bonus question and this is you, you need some balls for this because this is something that maybe many people, including me on some occasions, are like too nervous or too like, I don't know, to ask this. But um, I do think that it really makes you seem very confident and very like, oh, okay, this person is like, they, they're not afraid to, you know, ask this. And this is... Is there anything that makes you doubt if I'm a good fit? And I've asked this a couple of times and it has always gone down gone down quite well um, because that gives you an opportunity to kind of hear what they think of you or how they feel. And if they say something like, oh, well – maybe just this uh, or another way you can ask this is maybe is there anything else that i can elaborate on a little bit more or something because then if at some point in the interview and that is bound to happen in every interview or like afterwards you will feel like oh i should have said this or i should have explained this a little bit more so then the hiring manager or the person who's doing the interview can maybe if they say oh well you know this this question or something um yeah can you maybe tell us a little bit more about this or oh we don't know if this experience or if yeah for for whatever reason you're maybe not the most suitable then at least it gives you a chance to go back to that point and explain this a little bit more um do i have anything else uh i do have some other tips for interviews
0: yeah, I have one more left that I just seen I, a I notes. Yeah. It's just one question that they will just probably always ask you and that I really like to prepare for the most because that's always different for every interview is to why you is the question why do you want to work at this company? Um I think it's an under well I think it's a question people don't sometimes don't think about enough. It's just like, "Oh, I like the culture and I like the mission that you have but I actually like to really prepare an answer for this question um I like to research the company maybe the company has like a blog that they post on regularly or I like to look up look at LinkedIn and see what they've recently posted if there are any great achievements that they've had Um, and then I like to put that somehow into the answer of why I want to work there for example and then I also research their values and I like to combine all of that together so if it's a company that values diversity I want to point out that I want to work for that company because it offers people with all different backgrounds a way into I don't know the tech industry and that I've seen on their LinkedIn that they've recently just won that diversity award and that that really m- motivates me to be part of their culture for example um and then yeah so basically my answer is split into three points I want to do something that shows that I've not and know things about what's going on in that company um but then I also want to say something why I think I am a great fit for that company um for example, that I already have experience in that industry, that I've had like five years of experience in that specific industry. Um, and yeah, don't know. Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> I just think it's a question that people usually expect, but they don't go in deep enough. Like you can really win some points here by showing that you actually know what's going on within that company that you're applying for.
1: Yeah, that was one of mine as well, especially things like around the values or something. If you can if you can say something like, uh, oh, I saw this article that says that you guys want to, I don't know, exclusively work with uh, recyclable materials by 2030 and that's really important to me or something, that is really good. That just shows that you have done your research, that you know what they stand for and everything. Um, I think even like the company that we work for have they have like eight values or something I think and uh, I had actually looked all of them up and I think that I even think that in my interview they asked me what my favorite one was so yes look at the values um, look if you can find some some things in the press about them or just or yes exactly social initiatives or something that they do I think that's always a really good one but also when you do your business, um, your research on the business or on whatever the employer, um, sometimes I have also had the question quite often, maybe it's because I'm in content and and yeah, maybe that's why, but um, they have also asked me, how do you, what do you think of like our website and the content on it? And is it clear and does it look good? And also don't be afraid to say no. And if something is not clear, because I've had it as well where I've done, where I did research or I was doing research and sometimes I just spent half an hour on that website and I still didn't really know what what they did or I still didn't really have a very good idea of what they do. So then I also would, um, I well, I wouldn't say, well, I actually have no idea what you guys do, but I would just try and mention um, or just or ask questions about that as well. Just say something like, oh, so I was wondering how this and this works because that was something that to me, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say that. <laughs> well, um, and then if they ask how you think that they that their website looks or whatever, then you can definitely say, maybe even give some ideas on how they could improve or how it would be more clear for you. Um as as a visitor of that website and then also um a question that i have had a lot and then in the beginning i was never really prepared for this is like and again this depends very much on the industry but i think especially if it's a creative role or something um or actually no i think this can this can be the case in any basically any industry they sometimes can ask you about like examples of brands that you or brands or companies that you think are really good. And I played myself with this a couple of times because then it's this thing of like, you know, when they ask, Oh, who do you think does great marketing? And then you just cannot think of a single example. So I would say, depending on the industry or the role that you're going for, make sure that you always have a couple of, um, of those examples ready as well
0: um
1: oh also uh this is usually one of the first if not the first question if they tell you if they ask you okay so tell us a little bit about yourself don't just repeat your cv and don't go into an entire life story (laughs) they want to hear why are you the best fit so basically your mission here is to in the most concise way and also use storytelling to sell yourself. Um, so make, again, make that connection to the job, make links to the job. If it's for me, for example, if it's something related to writing, then I will always kind of try and if I talk about my education or my professional experience, I will make sure that that is always something that kind of comes back in every single one of my experiences. Um yeah and then um oh <laughs> well i had a nice example here of uh about people well, of doing some research my f- one of my friends uh um, when she applied for a job she i don't know how she found this information i think she looked at the hiring manager's instagram or something and she saw that this person was a very big fan of like <laughs> of of a specific author and she hates that author she absolutely despises that author but during the interview she was like they asked her something like oh what do you do in your spare time and she was like oh so I love to read and my favorite author by far is this person and the the hiring manager was like no no way no and then they just talked about the 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 author for a bit um yeah I I love that it can't hurt it can't hurt to do things like that
0: oh yeah just don't make it too obvious no and make sure that you actually do know something about about them yeah don't just mention the author know the books and also this might seem very obvious but make sure that if the interview is at home like remotely which most interviews now are make sure you have good audio and good internet connection um and also because actually when i am interviewed as a content editor I, I was wearing a headset. Everything was fine. But as we've had several times now in this podcast, sometimes there's an ambulance or a police car going by. So I kept apologizing for it. And they actually then told me they liked to hire me as well. One of the reasons they wanted to hire me was because I was very detail-oriented when it came to the sound, because they didn't even notice these things until I mentioned it. So the sound was always good. Um, which if you're a content editor and you work with sound and everything... It's quite important so yeah yes says the one with the podcast who every now and again has some audio issues
1: <laughs> that's mostly me though <laughs> 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 i feel it's mostly me who has the issues <laughs> oh. i'm trying you should see me right now i, I actually i have
0: pillows um on my desk oh <laughs> yeah so that- it actually helps. We started <laughs> posting... Well, you started posting our videos um, on Instagram. And I was just like, people must think I'm a maniac. Like, if people would actually see the whole room I'm sitting in, like, this is soundproofing for the real beginners. I have pillows, blankets. I mean, this is actually a wardrobe behind me. But, I mean, you people can't see this. but <laughs> It's a wardrobe behind me. And I've hung our guest blanket there. So the echo doesn't come back. And it's like a whole thing. But it works. So... Yeah,
1: and you sound you sound so good as well. I'm still a bit jealous. I also wonder if uh, because I'm still frozen <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. I wonder if the video is going to be like that—just me being frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, I also have—I uh, just thought of this. I also have a little bit of a red flag to look out for. Maybe I should have made a list of red flags as well. But one that comes up—that uh, comes to mind right now is if uh, wait okay i had to cough if um if you applied for a role and the initial um like the first stage is not a one-to-one conversation and is like a group thing where they invite you to like a webinar or where they they're like oh come to this thing um and then and then we can explain everything um that is kind of that that most of the time maybe not always in 99% of the time that is giving um MLMs so yeah I would
0: say run away from that pyramid that, scheme that is
1: that is definitely definitely a red flag and I just had this experience with someone I know who actually did get invited to something like that and it was it was virtual I think but very 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 obviously very clearly very like immediately it was this thing of like oh we're a family here and and you know it's just that that is another thing as well the whole like we're all we're, we're like a family no you're not no you're not and if they say they are then I don't know I find that quite sus as well yeah
0: I agree it sounds more like a cult to me
1: Also, a big thing, I think, um, that has to do with interviews and everything is the salary. Um, And I think for many people, that is kind of a tricky thing, because at the end of the day, that is the reason why most of us are working, why most of us are looking for a job. Yet, for some reason, when we apply for jobs, we all need to pretend that that is not the main reason why we're there. And we cannot, of course, directly say that that is the main the main thing that we think about when we apply for jobs or when we decide to take a job or not so uh, and honestly the amount of student jobs that I have done where I didn't even know the salary until the moment I signed the contract on my first day is actually just I don't know I don't even understand why this I mean I understand why this is a thing but that shouldn't even be
0: allowed (laughs) to do that I think though especially when you like apply for more like after uni kind of jobs um, or like corporate jobs, especially then you usually will be in contact with one of the recruiters at some point. It might be the screening call and then the call where the recruiter calls you and tells you you got the job. And If you just have general questions, even before the interview, even if you have questions about the role, like contact your recruiter. They are there to help you. They want you to be successful because it is their job to bring successful candidates in. So you can, first of all, speak to them, I think, directly about the salary as early as possible, as early as you would like to, um, because... Yeah, the interview is mainly there to see if it's a fit, but then the recruiter is there for all the other information and even more. You can also, before you even have your interview, ask the recruiter questions um, that you do have about the role, like it can, it can help you gain more knowledge about the role. Let's say it's a client-facing role. You can ask about what kind of customers, what kind of clients the company works with and what's the biggest challenge. They can give you a certain amount of information um, about roles as well yeah yes definitely
1: um i would also say yes um conversations around salary i would try and keep that for well ask the recruiter that and not during the interview with the hiring manager or something but also and it is also it is always a tricky thing and i don't really know the answer to the exact or perfect answer to this to like when you should ask this or something um but honestly, the amount of time I have wasted doing like initial initial screening calls of like 40 minutes with a recruiter to then, at the end of the call, find out that they paid half of my expectations or something. Um, so I I think you can definitely ask this. I think ideally, the recruiter will ask you this during a first, or will tell you the salary, or so it, it will. Hopefully, it just comes up during the first um, call, and if not, then I feel like you can definitely ask. But also, what I would say, and I've read this many times as well, is like try to avoid giving an exact number when they ask
0: you about your salary. When they ask you what was your most recent, yeah, go sorry on. <laughs> um, about this. I actually recently just learned that. Um, well, not because I'm going for an interview, but friends of mine are going through an interview um and i talked to my boyfriend about how what they get how how they can get their salary out there basically recruiters often ask like what's the salary you're looking for you don't actually even have to answer you can all just be like what's the salary range you have ready for this role because that way they might tell you well it's between 40 and 50k if you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can talk the pace well, um, um, and then you can be like, "Good, because I'm looking for I don't know fifty. That's what I'm looking for." Like you know, you, it's 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 better to ask them. And if they really don't want to tell you, yes, I would definitely do what you just said. Like, don't give them. I'm looking for forty five k. You can give them give them a range as well, but always up the range a little bit. Like always say a bit more than you actually want, because then if you end up negotiating, you can then you know.
1: Go for what you actually want. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because I feel like if they want a specific number and you give them a specific number, I just don't really think, I think most of the time that just won't be good for you because if it's too low, then they know, oh, this person, they will do it for 25. So why should we pay them 30 or, you know? um, So, and I also, when they ask me, I've always just, like you said, tried to bounce back (laughs) well no that's not the right expression (laughs) I've always tried to just yeah to turn the question um, and say well usually what I say is well um, actually I've realized that I'm looking for the whole package and there's a couple of things I find very important now for example things like you know um, sustainability initiatives or social initiatives or other benefits so I'm interested to hear what you guys want to offer the person in this role. And then they will probably have to give you something. And if they keep insisting on an answer, then do give them a range.
0: Yeah, but also why are you so stubborn? <laughs> like just give me that an answer. <laughs> oh. That's what I would be thinking if the recruiter. No, I would I know, I know it. Like it's kind of a red flag in a way. I know, but it's like because it's like they're wasting their time,
1: maybe. I'm wasting my time. Like I have done yeah. so, like I, like I said, I've done so many interviews
0: where I just yeah, and also Yeah, I mean, literally the way to bring that topic up can be I don't want to waste anyone's time i know the time's precious so can we just quickly talk about what is the budget you have available for this role what have you planned to pay the person in this position that just gets yes. out of the way yeah i think that's very good
1: because actually with this with the Shicho job so i i know that we had very different experiences because you applied and basically got hired right away i didn't hear for like months and months and months so I did my interview um well they gave me the wrong time first of all <laughs> so one of the people who were doing the interview messaged me I was like where are you and I was like um no my interview is in two hours so that was the first thing because then the recruiter was in in the states and it was it was very shady already because it was it was so weird it was like every time she messaged me or every time she emails me her email address would be just a series of like letters and numbers and then she could call me but if I tried to call her then it didn't work I don't know it was so weird um and so then um after the interview like I did the interview and everything so the last round and then um I didn't hear for I thought I think honestly like two months or something I didn't hear anything And then actually, I also, I almost got, uh, and this is actually a good example of literally anything can happen and it is not you and it doesn't have anything to do with you. I did an interview for, um, well, it's a property platform um, in the UK. It is one of the two biggest ones, I, I would say. And so I went there in person actually traveled to London to do that interview and everything It is the most still to this day the most ridiculous office I've ever seen in my entire life They had like a nail studio and a fitness and they had a brow bar and they had all kinds of things and every meeting room was in a different like theme there was one that was like kind of like a swimming pool and there was one that was a tree house and it was an actual tree house with like a ladder and everything <laughs> um anyway I had a really nice interview and it went really well and I left and they called the recruiter and said okay this is great and the recruiter told me okay I'm 100% expecting an offer today and then they changed their minds and decided that literally one of them all of a sudden went hey actually I've been thinking maybe instead of this role we should actually create a slightly different role And just change the team a little bit and hire a different passer. Even the recruiter was just completely, well, he was quite frustrated, actually. Well, of course, because it was his commission. But um, yes, it was just a very strange experience and everything. Um, And then, and I think the next day I heard from the shit show, literally on my way back from London to Belgium, they called me. And then they set the salary. So this was after a month and I had already done all of the rounds and everything. And then they told me the salary. And still to this day, if I would have accepted, well, if I would have gotten (laughs) that other offer, I would have said yes. And they paid about, I think, half of what the shit show ended up paying. I still don't know how I ever thought that I would survive um, by myself, but yeah, so it actually all worked out. Well, it didn't because the shit show ended up being a scam. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just I think all of that just to say that it is so incredibly random. And at the end of the day, it is just still a lottery and anything can happen. I've made it to the very last round and everyone was so incredibly excited. And then there would just be something or just one of them who would just,
0: something would happen so yeah yeah getting a job is definitely it's most of the time it's not you it's just yeah it's just it's a lottery they sometimes also a role is already filled even though you're still going through the process like sometimes people just know exactly who they will hire for a role um but they have to go through the whole interview process just because that's that what they have to do legally and they're kind of just wasting your time but you don't know you just won't get the role and you'll never find out um do you
1: do you have a worst interview experience
0: no (laughs) I actually don't. (laughs) I guess the worst one was just when they asked me about the thing in Vienna um, for the radio station, when they asked me about if I can explain to them something about the motorways and I just made something up and it was quite embarrassing because I don't drive. Um, But otherwise, I usually just, even student jobs, any jobs, I think in all the job interviews I've had, there were only like three jobs I didn't get. (laughs)
1: Oh my god how do you how do you do this?
0: I don't know. I think in Austria it was mainly because I was the diversity quota. <laughs> as harsh as it sounds, like there are not many black people, not as many black people there. So whenever they got a chance to hire me, I think they just did. Um, in the UK, I don't know. It must it must just be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, what about you?
1: Um, I. <laughs> I have a very um, clear worst, worst experience. This was when I was in Berlin and I was looking for an internship and I, I wish I could remember what the job title was or what the job description said, but um, I wanted to work as a content writer because I ended up actually, the internship I ended up getting was content writer in markets in the marketing department so that's the kind of job that I was looking for so I don't really know I can't really remember what it probably it probably was a like quite um it probably was quite analytics focused or something but it still must have been a content role because otherwise i pr- I wouldn't have applied for it i think um, anyway i get there to the place i still remember where it, it was around the corner from checkpoint charlie i just, i get there they take this guy one guy he takes me to a room that's completely empty there's just there's one table with like a little a desk more like just a desk with like one chair and he's like, okay, sit down. I sit down. And he gives me what I can only describe as an exam. It was literally like eight pages stapled together. And it was nothing but fractions. He literally gave me a maths <laughs> <Matt's> exam.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that must be the worst recruitment hiring person ever who made you come there because they obviously did not read Yosef E Uh No. And I mean, what I have learned from that experience in, in that moment, I
1: was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And he was also like, yeah, okay, I'll be back in an hour. You have an hour to do this or something. And And this was obviously not I think what most people think about when they think about a job interview (laughs) so I literally did what I sometimes did during actual math or chemistry or physics exams which was I made sure that the first page had been like written on (laughs) um, and I waited for for a good I don't know Thirty minutes or something. I I did scan the exam. But I immediately knew there is no way. I don't even know where, where to begin. Um. So I waited. I think a good thirty minutes, and then I just got up and left. And I think I don't know if I even if I saw him on the way out. I think maybe yes. And maybe I was just like, okay, bye. Um. And I was just so embarrassed. I don't even think I told many people about this because I was embarrassed. Whereas now, well, this was ten years ago. Today. Today I would be very different. I think I would see this and I would immediately tell him, okay, I'm sorry. I think there's been a misunderstanding. Let's not waste anyone's time. This is clearly not the role I thought I was applying for. Um, and I probably would also give that feedback to whether it was a recruitment agency or that organization directly. I would probably because I applied for this and I went to the interview. So it probably wasn't exactly like if i if that would have been what the job description said then i never would have gone (laughs) so i think it probably was also maybe i just interpreted things a little bit wrong but then also i think they also i think clearly should have stated that that's what the first round was um so, yes, that was definitely my worst my worst experience. And now I would be a lot more direct about these things, but yeah, back then I wasn't. Okay, so, um then to end things, I kind of want to give some final advice as well. And I know we've been given advice, we've been giving advice um for the entire duration of the episode, but um yeah, just some just some things to keep in mind, I think. First of all, I just want to say again that looking for a job, applying for jobs is the most frustrating process ever. And you you just need to remember that you can do everything right and it's still a lottery. And I know that maybe doesn't even that makes it probably sound worse <laughs> because I because it's not even within your control. Um but like Isabella said earlier as well, it might be that they have a scanner and they just look for specific keywords. It might be that they've already given the role to someone internally. It might be that they only look at the first 50 CVs. Like, it is not you. That's that's the main thing, I think. It is not you. And I've felt quite defeated in the past when I applied for a role that maybe was just what, you know, I've, I've applied, for example, for like LGBTQ organizations or... um body even body positive organizations and where I felt like okay it's very clear in my application how passionate I am about this and then I just got an immediate no and that can be very demotivating but yeah it is not you and you just need to keep going um also when you do get the interview and everything remember that they also need to be a match with you so you also need to look at them as like and i mean i know that in reality they probably have more options than you do that that's just how it is but i do think that you need to keep that in mind as well is this a company that you want to work for and they also need to yes you need to convince them that you're the right candidate but they also need to convince you that they're a company that you want to work for um and then my last piece of advice is have the confidence of an average white man. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> if you look at a job description and you think, "Oh, I don't know if I can do this or this or that." I I like to ask myself, "Okay, would I usually think about my grandfather? I'm like, would my grandfather feel this way?" 9 out of 10, the answer is no. 9 out of 10, <laughs> nine out of ten that man would just go for it and be like, course i can do this how hard can it be and also can you maybe because i think this this maybe is a good a good um this is kind of related to that
0: um that ski shop anecdote that you told me recently um yes i don't know i don't know where i got the anecdote from (laughs) I honestly don't remember, but the anecdote, I, that happens a lot with me. I have information. I know the information is correct. I just don't know where it comes from. I was really hard at uni when I had to write papers. Anyway, um, it goes the anecdote was something like there was someone working in a ski shop, and you have to. Make a tick in how experienced you are when you are in skiing, when you hire skis, um, depend because it depends on, I think, the length or whatever. And I don't know. I'm from Austria, but I'm not a ski expert. Um, anyway, what the person told me is when they were working there, they were actually told that when men fill out that form, always put them down a little bit within their experience, whereas when women fill out that form, always put them up a little bit with their experience because that it tends to be the way they the 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 gender think about themselves, I guess
1: <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah, so I think that's um that's a great way to end this. Have the confidence of an average white man
0: so before we wrap up. We wanted to say, as always, thank you to all of you who made it to the end of the episode. Um, We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope this was a little bit useful to you. And yeah, maybe you heard some of our experiences that you can relate to. Uh, And yeah, remember, the journey does not end here. We will be back next week with a brand new episode and a brand new theme we will can i say the theme because i think it's quite exciting i think a lot of people like it especially i know i'm so excited so our corporate theme was maybe a bit more dry for some of you but don't you worry because next week we will be talking about all things dating well not just next week for the next three weeks it will be all about dating dating experiences so yes stay tuned
1: yes I'm so excited, honestly. I have my notes ready and everything. I cannot wait. Um, Yeah. But we also want to hear from you because, of course, you guys all have your own experiences and everything. So do share your job experiences, um, experiences applying for jobs, interviewing for jobs, all of that good stuff. We want to hear it because I actually genuinely really love these stories i think it's so interesting um yeah so connect with us follow us on we are millennial musings on instagram and share your own musings funny moments and the
0: not so glorious times of being a millennial absolutely um so yeah until next week stay curious and keep the stories coming bye bye